Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches. I'm Maria, and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years. And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources. Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work. And through our work as life coaches, we've learned how to make work fun. Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too. Without giving in to the productivity hustle. So let's dive right in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week it is Natasha here and I am continuing a little mini interview series, I guess I want to call it, with Maria's husband, Nikolai. And I'm so happy to have him back on the podcast. So if you checked out our episode, (laughs) I'm glad to have you here. If you checked out our episode last week, we talked about all things to do with travel hacking. And I, Nikolai so generously let me pick his brain and ask him all these kinds of questions about what travel hacking is and what it means and all that. And then on that episode, you would have heard us get into like a pretty interesting kind of conversation about work and managing people and the transition from being a technical expert to uh, now an expert in your field, but also someone who is a manager dealing with people relations and things like that. And so we thought it'd be really fun to continue that conversation and have like a little follow-up. So we have Nikolai here to chat about his transition from being an expert in his field to now taking on a whole new, I guess, portfolio to your workload, which is now being a manager. Right. It's very well said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I transitioned. My my, my job evolved uh, starting early uh, in 2023 uh, from becoming, from being like a, like a dedicated expert in my field to well, continuing to do that, but also managing four analysts. Um, and I had not done that before, so it has been formally. So it has been quite a quite a challenging year for me, along with anything else that was going in the company. Yeah. So if you want to talk a little bit about, because you just kind of said it's been a bit of a challenging year. I'm kind of curious, like, what would you say are some of the main challenges that? you experienced as you transitioned from just being that kind of like technical expert to now moving into a managerial role? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one, and I've been thinking about this uh, quite a bit, but I, I think the the main thing that, that keeps coming back is that it took me some time to realize that I no longer have the previous job that I had. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, not that it was perfect, but it was something that had I had done for uh, close to twelve years. Of course, my duties had evolved over time, but they basically they had generally remained the same. I mean, I I knew how to prioritize my my work stream and I knew what to focus on. Basically, all of the you know daily things changed, but still I was mostly responsible for my own schedule and I could focus on the things I wanted to as long as I got my stuff done. And now I do no longer have the same job. I can no longer get deep into things and. I, I need to start relying on the not only relying but also teaching the folks who report to me how to become good in what they're doing and you know it kind of it also puts me in a way to evaluate what I have, I have learned so far myself uh, there is a and, and how, how can I actually t- uh, pass it on to the to the next folks who are who are learning that that field. I actually love that you've the way you said that is like I no longer have the same job because I I've never thought about it in that way but I think that's so 
well put. Oftentimes we move into managerial positions in our same team and our same function and department. So you're like very well versed in the actual work itself. But in reality, you're not doing the same job at all. There might be some elements of your work that are similar, but the priorities and the nature of your responsibilities, I imagine, would have changed and shifted. Quite so, quite so. And and of course, uh, unfortunately, it, it was not just that. Um, just my company also, my, my, my specific product is also evolving due to the just the structural issues around my company. So it was like a lot of different things in transition this year. And we're still working things out. I'll be, I'll be honest. So that it's not, it's not, uh, you know, that change is not going away anytime soon, but, um, you know, I'm getting more comfortable with that. Uh, and you're completely right. So what are some of the things that maybe helped you transition into this new role that um, supported you in kind of developing the skills and the growth that you needed to by stepping into this position? Uh, my managers have been very supportive. I mean, they've uh, they've pointed out some some best practices, so to say. And uh, mm-hmm. I've also asked for feedback from the folks who are under me. Uh, and they're mm-hmm. pretty, I mean, I like they're pretty open and, uh, well, I think they're pretty open and tell me, tell me, uh, uh, some things that they could be improved all the time. So, for instance, I um, uh, like recently I met one of them in person uh, when I was doing a, a work trip, and she uh, just said right away that, that she prefers. Uh, so, it, it of course differs by person, but she prefers infrequent checkings, one on one, just to see where things are and so forth. And I had not thought of that. I thought that you know, in general, we talk every day. And now it's, of course, with communication, it's very easy within a company to talk every day about work stuff. I thought like that was not necessary if we're touching base every day. But I guess she preferred that formal thing. So she she's more as kind of certain of what she needs to do. Um, so that that has definitely been helpful. Uh, and, and everybody else endorsed it when I proposed it to, to, to have it with the others. So that's been pretty good. I think you've hit on such a good point there, too. Um, like, just all, all these things are coming to mind as you're talking. It's that you actually have to manage the people that you have in your team. There's not just like one management stat strategy that just is, you know, cookie cutter, copy and paste that works for everyone. Right. It's important when you're stepping into this position to actually get to know the people who you're managing and what their preferences are, what their strengths, their weaknesses are, and build that rapport with them, right? No, you're saying it so well. I mean, I could not have put it better myself. I guess I, I didn't think about it that way, but it, it, essentially that's what I'm trying to do, yeah. I mean, I try to be somewhat invested in what they, um, you know, what their career is. And ultimately, my goal is to keep them around um, I mean, I, and do whatever I can to facilitate their growth. Um, I know it's, uh, you know, they can leave tomorrow. And unfortunately, I've had two people leave already uh, in my team. Only the 10 short months I've been a manager, not, not because of me, but other issues. But I can see how quickly things can change. And I'm trying to do my best to uh, kind of allow them to continue their professional growth. Yeah, that, it makes a lot of sense. And I think this is what Maria and I kind of touch on on the podcast, just like throughout a lot of our conversations. It's like, I think sometimes we think that work is just this like place that we go to. We It's like from eight to five, nine to four, whatever your work hours are. And you just go there, get your work done and you leave. And it's like checking boxes. When in reality, oftentimes people who work with other people, your work is so much more than just the mechanics of getting your job done. There's like the connections that you make with other people. There's the relationships. And there's also 
like you growing yourself as a professional, as a person. And then there's your coworkers around you growing and developing as well and you being part of it. And so it's almost like this little, these little mini relationships that you're creating in your team with each other that we don't, I think, often acknowledge. We kind of try to keep work just like professional and that's it. Whereas it, it kind of blurs the line a little bit where sometimes it's like, no, our personal lives do touch into work and we do you know, want to see these people grow and, de- and especially as a manager, right? You want to help people grow and, and like develop their skills and strengthen, you know, what they want to do and where they want to go in their careers. I bet. Yeah. Right. No, it's very, very true. You say it so well. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it'll, it'll make me, nothing will make me more happy than, uh, happier than just seeing them do, do well and do great things. Uh, and honestly, the more they do, and I, that's another thing that, that I need, you know, that, that's, that it helps. The more they do, the less I have to do. And that's, that's been also challenging, right? I mean, again, that's been, came back with a realization that I don't no longer have the same job. I was trying to do some of the things I was doing before. And just being stretched, stretched for time makes it impossible. So the more they can take on, the better. So I'll be there. Yeah. Nothing makes me happier to see that they can do the things that I can already do. Uh, mm-hmm. so just pass them on and I can learn something else and they can learn to keep, keep learning as well. So. And I think that's such a good quality of a strong manager and also a strong team. It's like you're actually all working together to complete the task in an efficient way rather than people who are just like hoarding work for themselves or just trying to make themselves look like the superstar mm. and not worry about other people. It's like recognizing that everyone has a role to play. And when people actually do their role, it helps everyone improve and do better in the long run. So well said. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen examples of exactly that kind of behavior and it's not, it's not, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't end well. Uh, so I'm trying to stay actively away from that if I can, of course. So I'm kind of curious now that you're in a managerial role, you kind of said like, it's really rewarding to watch people learn and grow and to see them do like the work that you can do and like they're developing their skills rather. Um, is that something you kind of noticed as much when you were in the technical space? Is this like a new thing that you've kind of paid attention to? Like, how is how is your relationship with like almost mentoring other people in the workplace changed? Yeah, I would say I observe it a lot more directly now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was certainly... Uh, so I've had the opportunity to kind of mentor people informally, of course, before, because I didn't have direct reports. And mm-hmm. I've, I've seen part of that, but now having like direct reports and seeing that actual growth happen, it's, 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 it's been a little more direct and a lot more kind of rewarding to watch in some sense. Uh, so from that perspective, being a manager is that, that's one of the benefits, I guess, that you actually get to observe that and, and nurture it if you can. You know, if you see talent somewhere, kind of channel the talent if you can or do whatever you can to facilitate a growth. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I tried to do it with one person. Unfortunately, that person had decided to leave the company, but, and that's why we'll miss that person a lot because she would have been a tremendous asset. Um, and, um, yeah, but too bad. Yeah, like managers see things, I think, in employees or their um, subordinates than maybe the subordinates see in themselves. Like I know I've had some really amazing managers throughout my career who've kind of helped me grow and develop. And especially when I was dealing with things like imposter syndrome or in a position or doing a project that I just didn't feel comfortable with or I was new and didn't know what I was doing. It's like it's kind of feels um, rewarding in a way to be able to work on something 
and feel like you have a, a go-to person that you can ask questions to, and you're not just like all on your own to just figure Absolutely. it out. No, totally. Right? So, yeah. yeah, the folks, I mean, yeah, in, in my particular situation, I've, I have two people who started this year brand new with zero experience in the field. So they have exactly having that exactly that person to come to for questions. Uh, I think that helps them kind of establish themselves and, you know, on the learning curve as well. And I see I see the questions actually becoming uh, fewer and fewer as they, as they learn themselves, figure out themselves how to do things. And of course, you you want to help them a bit. You want to allow them to figure certain things out on their own, and that's that's one of the struggles for me. Is that uh, that that's that's something that I've been thinking about whether I devote enough time for to them um, over the last few months, um, which has it's been it's been it's been a struggle to be honest. Just being uh, with the other other parts of the job which are new to me, um, have I, have I been devoting enough time to them and? I, you know, I, I do my best. I try my best. We'll see whether I've succeeded. But yeah, I mean, they, they are requiring though less and less time, which is good. And I think you, you're talking about something that I really think managers struggle with. It's mm. devoting time to their staff to really help nurture them and help support them and help meet their needs, but also balance all the other work that they have on their portfolio and all the other priorities and responsibilities. So how do you find ways of navigating that because it is I think it is a challenge that a lot of managers face um yeah it's a challenge I'm not sure I found them honestly entirely I'll be yeah I guess I'm struggling to find them every day you know trying to trying to um pass on more tasks uh yeah. try to be less ambitious with my time um yeah. like like whatever I think will take an hour will take three hours because something else unexpected is gonna come up or a question is gonna come up that will take me away. I've begun to budget more time for for things like that, and that has helped not get overwhelmed. Otherwise, I'll be working for twelve plus hours every day. But that's that's been a learning experience, and and Maria has been very helpful with that. I'll be honest, so that's good. I'm not surprised. Maria's amazing, so she. Yeah. I'm I'm sure she's a great resource. I was like also thinking about this. And you can tell me if this resonates. Mm-hmm. I've never been a manager. I, I was telling Nikolai this before we started recording. When I was really young in my career, I was like, oh, man, I want to be a manager. It's going to be amazing. Mm. And then, like, I started working. And my background is in HR. So I dealt with managers and employees and employee relations mm. issues all day, every day is kind of just my focus. And then I realized I was like, no, I do not want to manage people. I'm like, this is so hard and so challenging. And so I guess my question is, or I guess what I was going to say is that for my like experience, some of my favorite managers they were really good at setting boundaries around their time. And also, um, they were really good at prioritizing work. Like, mm. I think for me, whenever I have work, and when I'm, I'm like thinking back to some of my more junior roles, like, I'd be like, oh man, this is urgent. We got to get this done right away. Like, I always just had that like hustle mentality. And a, like, something I've learned from some of my really great managers was to like slow things down. Like, the, a building isn't burning. We don't mm. need to like, we can prioritize this. And, and what I've observed by some of my good managers is that that helps them balance their workload too, because when you're constantly fighting fires and responding to urgent matters, then you're not really getting much work done. You're just like clicking emails back and forth all the time. And you, I think probably work in a different environment. So I don't know the urgency of the work that you're dealing with. 
times. Well, you described it very well, actually. We are putting out fires every day. Um, unfortunately, some of our clients are have more like super short-term things, which you have to respond right away. And there yeah. is that struggle. But I wanted to pick up on the one of the things that I'm, I'm struggling with, to be honest. And again, I've, I've been doing some work about that, setting those boundaries about my time. I'm not very good at saying no to things. Uh, that, that's a personal issue of mine. So my reports uh, message me at all times of the day and night sometimes. And I've, I've, I'm trying to get better about not responding right away because they'll need to start appreciating a little more my, my time. And I think I've made some progress, but there is still more to come. I have more to get to, to, to do there. Um, and that comes back to all the things that, that, that you and Maria have spoken about, like the people pleasing tendencies, which I have. And I, you know, that's, that's a, some, it's a long-term issue that I, I'm trying to work on, but it's showing up here as well. And I'm trying to actively, um, kind of actively work on that because it's going to help not just me, it's going to help them as well. Uh, because who knows in our, in, in my job, managers change so often, they may not be with me for too much longer. It is. It, it's recognizing that like. Sometimes when we're at work, I think we just think this is the current situation mm-hmm. and these are the people I'm going to be working with. But like you hit the nail on the head. Things are always in flux. Mm-hmm. Things are always in changing and change, like changing. And so it's almost up to us to kind of recognize that for ourselves within the, the scope of our jobs and our work and getting things done, but also like recognizing that for ourselves. And so it, I think that is a way that helps us to find balance and helps us kind of like show up in a way that feels more genuine and authentic to like meeting our own needs. But as you said, I think it's a challenge that a lot of us struggle with. And like me too, I I know when I'm in the like, you know, in the throes of work and it's like, it's, it's just like, you kind of get swept up and caught up in it. And it's like, you have to like pause, take a breath and like learn the skills of prioritization, you know, every year, or just kind of like regularly as things arise. I, I don't know. I feel the same way. I think it's a struggle that a lot of us, and especially because we we work in kind of like a hustle grind type of culture. So people, and I, and I also think with remote work too, like not saying that everyone's always hustling and grinding, but people do have more flexibility. And so people are working remotely. They can work from their laptops. They can work from their iPads or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. technology enables us to be a little bit more fluid with our work hours. And yeah. so it's and hard like to... Yeah. 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 So there's like, but that, also it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous exactly. because you can spill into a, like uh, work at all times and that that's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I, I, totally. I think it's dangerous. There's, it's, it's important to have work life balance. And that's, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I would say, I mean, I don't want to say it in a, in a bad way that I'm proud of that, but I've, I've said it multiple times to, to the folks I work with. I don't care when certain things get done. You don't need to tell me. Uh, if you if you're going to drop your car at the shop to to get the oil change, and they still do it, and I said, don't tell me, I don't need to know that. You, I mean, I trust your professionals, although you're younger professionals, you get your stuff done. Um, just don't allow this to you know to spill into like work every 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 hour when you're not or making things up for for previous things. There's always work, so don't 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 get too bogged down with that stuff. Um, yeah, but- that's such a good point. And I, I like thrive in environments like that. Like, I think, Kate, okay, I'm giving like my little side story. Myself, Please, yeah. I, th- I thrive in environments where I'm just trusted to get my work done. Right. And they're like, hey, live your life. Like, hey, you got a dentist appointment, go to your dentist appointment. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know, but also oh. get your work done. You know, the deadlines. Yeah. And I really thrive, but not every culture like supports oh, that that's true. in a work environment. So it's, it's hard. And then it's like, you also need to t- kind of like build the tr- trust with your teammates too. But it's like, 
also people are professionals. They care about their job. They care about their livelihood. Like, right. So it's kind of interesting to consider these things because not everyone has that same flexibility of just like, Hey, get your work done. I don't need to micromanage the details of your life. Oh no, that's very true. I had not, yeah, you're very right. I mean, unfortunately my experience has been more limited being just having just worked in the United States, but yeah, it's not, it's not the same everywhere. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I think I know them well enough, the folks who work with me that I can, I can see the disappeals to them as a way of working. So I've encouraged that, but you're right. That may not be the case for everybody. And I'm completely flexible about that too. If they prefer a more structured and rigid way of doing things, if that's the best way they function, sure. I mean, I have no problem with that too. Yeah. And it's, it's all about knowing the people and mm-hmm, also right? you knowing yourself because I think there are some managers who also don't like that type of environment they're like no these are our work hours and then you do th- they prefer more rigidity rigidity yes. in their schedule right and so it's like there could just be incompatible managers and employees which I mean there's incompatible yes. personality types or whatever and preferences but yeah I think a lot of it kind of comes down to like getting to know yourself, getting to know your employees, and then also almost like being willing to make compromise or just like be flexible around other people to create that environment that helps individuals thrive, like helps the manager thrive in the managerial role and helps the employees thrive in their role as well. It's like, and I, and I think a lot of employees don't think about the managers like having a life and responsibilities and stuff either. Like they're just like, oh, you're the manager. It's like, you know, but right. it, it's also about like managers having the work-life balance. So they're not getting burnt out and stressed oh, you're out. Right. And yeah, you're so right. right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I recognize that uh, uh, thinking because I was in that those shoes just less than a year ago. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that is true. yeah totally. I know. I've been like that too. I'm just like, well, I'm not the one responsible for this. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> But I once, um, I had an interview once with a company and on the bottom of this individual signature, they wrote something along the lines of, I work flexible hours and respond to emails, you know, kind of throughout Mm -hmm. my day, Mm -hmm. but this doesn't mean that you need to respond back. And I loved that because it's like, yeah, this person might be emailing someone back at 1am because they're on an airplane, but they're not expecting an immediate response. And that's very clear on their email. Oh, that's so great that you were saying that because I, yeah, when I was starting this job now 12 years ago, my my manager, I guess, yeah, my manager at the time would email at like five in the morning and it would stress me out like big time or like 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Uh, I remember those days. I mean, I still remember. So you see, this is ingrained in my mind and that it was just some like a panic was over me. Am I supposed to respond now at 7 a.m. on a Saturday? And he did not have that signature about the flexible hours. And until that day, I know that guy is the intense guy in my mind and Maria knows him as exactly that and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah, right. And it you're so right. It creates so much like panic and anxiety as opposed to like setting clear expectations where everyone just kind of feels like they know how to work around the environment. And so it's like unnecessary stress and just over like burden or overworking or over like you know what I'm saying like just like yeah, ruminating yeah. on things it's like an inefficient use of time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I guess now in defense of that person, I guess but he, he, I guess, what what he could have done to make things is that he could have explained that he's not he's not expecting that of others. But I don't think that message ever came up for, came from him. 
So um, that would have would have helped at the time, but clearly it 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 it, it, it left it left a mark on me uh, in a bad way. But anyway, those are those days. Okay, ago. so actually, this kind of transitions me to something else that I was curious <clears throat> about, but we kind of veered on to another topic. But I'm glad we looped back to it. So, how are you taking the lessons that you've learned from previous managers, or like not necessarily the lessons, but the things you've either liked or disliked? And is that something that you're like applying now that you're in the managerial position? Is it something that you like reflect on as your own journey? And like, what what does that look like? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, uh, one thing that I that I definitely um, I'm trying to to kind of apply is at least to to be a little more involved into what my uh, the folks who are under me are doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially in this job, it's easy to to get carried away with the uh, like with the with the tasks on hand. So I'm trying to be a little more involved and not forget about everybody else. Uh, uh, at the same time, again, I'm trying also set boundaries, right? So not not checking with them too often and, and things like that. But that's something I'm trying to you know to find the right balance, so, so to say. Um, and also to encourage them to speak their mind. Um, that's also been some a bit of a challenge, not just a generational gap, which which there is one, and I'm just beginning to realize mm-hmm. that. Uh, but also just that in a way that they can trust me that things will stay confidential and things like that. So I'm trying to to make sure that they they they, they have the, their back. Uh, those those are the two things I'll point out so far. And I love that. And it, it is a recognition that it's like those are the things that take time to build and create and foster. It's not like all of a sudden you're going to understand each other's communication styles yeah. or they're going to feel comfortable speaking up or whatever um the case may be it's like those are the things that that build over time and as people kind of you know figure out what the new environment's like figure out their teams like you know that will kind of shift itself um in in a way i guess um so i'm kind of curious we because the podcast is called like making work fun i'm kind of curious about you know like how are you either incorporating or kind of maintaining some of the like fun parts of your job now that your job has changed and, and shifted? Like, what does that look like for you? Uh, I mean, uh, one way I think of making uh, work more relatable is, you know, to try to incorporate some personal things. You know, I always, you know, always try to check in with what people are doing. They're doing some fun things in their life, things like that. Those are always go go well. Um, mm-hmm. Or you know, having some standing jokes that are that are continuing for weeks on end. Those those go well as well. So it's, it's things like that. Um, and you know, I also try to remind folks that it's you know we're not rocket scientists at the end of the day. <laughs> they should not take it that seriously. But you know, do do your stuff. But you know, don't don't forget that we you know it's it's not the end of the world if something doesn't get done every day. Um, and you know, enjoy, enjoy the process, I guess, in some way. But yeah, don't, don't kill yourself doing doing it. I love that you're like joking about how your work isn't rocket science, but in reality, like I think just like your work probably seems way more technical than what I'm used to. And so like, if I was looking at your work, I'd like, no, this is rocket science to me. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's no, like no, probably well, a totally you, different yes, language. Yeah, you're right, you're right. We, once, once you look under the hood, it's 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 not really. I mean, I guess there are technical people <laughs> in the team who do, do that, but yeah, but you're right, you're right, yeah. <laughs> and I think funny. like you were talking about something Rhea and I also really talk about a lot, which is like lowering the pressure. And it shows that like, 
all of us probably have the opportunity to lower the pressure on ourselves at work, no matter what we're doing. Like, it sounds like you do have a intense work where there's like multiple priorities, where there's changing deadlines. Like, you know, there's a lot of things coming in, but like one of the coping mechanisms that you're using for yourself and your team is to like, Hey, lower the pressure. Like it's okay. We don't need to kill ourselves. Right. And it just makes me think that probably that's a lesson that so many of us can learn or work on when we talk about our work. It's really hard. I think for people to function, not like we're not talking about thrive. I think it's hard for people to function when yes. you're in a high pressure environment where someone's using intimidation to get things done. Like there's so much research out there about how to motivate humans, how humans, you know, want to do their work and, you know, how they want to get things done. And it's never like pure, <laughs> pure intimidation of, yeah. Like, or threats. Yeah. And I think it also, maybe it's possible that uh, it also shows me that I think there is a, also show that from a different perspective, one of the good things for that one of the good qualities of a manager, and I'm not sure I'm there yet, but that's something that I'm striving to is not to have, not to pass on the their emotions onto onto others. I, I I don't think I do it, but I may unconsciously do it, but that's not a good way of dealing with things because it doesn't resolve anything. And it just passes on the like the uh, kind of rises the pressure down downstream, if you can use that expression, and it doesn't doesn't do anything. Yeah. And I think just the fact that you're like so aware of that to me, kind of like in my HR hat on, I'm like, no, this means that you are, you know, either demonstrating that or working towards demonstrating that with your employees, right? It's like, you're aware that like part of your role as a manager, I think is to kind of have that like strong front, have that like composed, maintain your composure in challenging moments or in stressful times yeah. so that you're not passing that on to other people right like and I think yeah. just knowing that and seeing it and observing it is like such a good like skill set to be developing and to be working on and to be aware of and you know projecting at work it's like having a little bit of like compassion and understanding for just like the whole gamut right. of how everyone's I guess roles and responsibilities fit into play and I think I don't know. I think for myself, in my own experience, it's like, it's very easy to just think about your role and what you're focused on and like, think about like how you fit into the piece of the puzzle. But when you're a manager, you really have to broaden your perspective and now consider like, yeah, your employees, the upper management, all the different ways that things are getting communicated and impacting other people. And so it kind of broadens, I think, your perspective in a different way. I think so. no, you're absolutely right. The way you're phrasing it, yeah, it's true. I'm not sure everybody recognizes that, but again, that's uh, yeah, that's on them to develop. So I think just as we kind of like wrap up the podcast here, <clears throat> I'm wondering if you have um, either anything that you would like to share to someone who is in a position where they're thinking about you know becoming a manager or they're new into a manager. Is there like any advice that you would want to give to someone um, that might be helpful for them? That it's 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 a journey nobody has, is really prepared for. Uh, it obviously will be very unique, uh, but it will come with, with with a lot of growth and some frustration. But it, I think it's worth it at the end of the day. Um, I think it's it opens up a different perspective of you know work and work could be fun as as the podcast says. And that, that's that's not a way of having fun at work. It's true. I mean, it allows you to develop those relationship with relationships with other folks in a different level, but in a good way. Um, and you know, again, for me, it's 
doesn't make nothing makes me happier than seeing people grow into their roles. Um, and so uh, at least for, for me, it's been it's been rewarding, and hopefully the, the next few months will be the same. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It was such a pleasure to have you here again. And thank you for sharing kind of all of your insights and expertise and some of your tips for helping our listeners who are in a similar situation, trying to navigate, you know, moving from an expert, an SME into now a whole new world of work responsibilities on top of everyday, you know, technical work that needs to get done. So thank you again. We are so lucky to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, those questions were great. So my pleasure entirely. <laughs> All righty. Take care. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women, and I work with high achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. To work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind or on LinkedIn under restovergrind LLC. Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who want to shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients, employees who wanna make more money at work or entrepreneurs who wanna earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatakesti.com or on Instagram at natashatakesti. We'll see you there.